This is day 80 of our daily Bible reading plan. We will be completing 2 Chronicles chapters 29 through 33. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for your grace and your love, your mercy, your compassion, and your providence in our lives. Lord, we don't know how to pray to you well enough. We don't worship you properly. We're so full of pride and selfishness, Lord, that you still luck on us with love and with compassion like a good father. We just thank you, Lord, for loving us like you do, even though we don't deserve it. But we thank you for loving us anyway. Please bless us as we read your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them into the square on the east. Then he said to them, Listen to me, O Levites, consecrate yourselves now, and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry the uncleanness out from the holy place. For our fathers have been unfaithful and have done evil in the sight of the Lord our God, and have forsaken him and turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord, and have turned their backs. They have also shut the doors of the porch, and put out the lamps, and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore the wrath of the Lord was against Judah and Jerusalem, and he has made them an object of terror, of horror, and of hissing, as you see with your own eyes. For behold, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that his burning anger may turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to minister to him, and to be his ministers and burn incense. Then the Levites arose, Mahath the son of Amasai, and Joel the son of Azariah, from the sons of the Kohathites, and from the sons of Merari, Kish the son of Abdi, and Azariah the son of Jehalalel, and from the Gershonites, Joah the son of Zimmah, and Eden the son of Joah, and from the sons of Elisaphan, Shimri and Jael, and from the sons of Asaph, Zechariah and Mataniah, and from the sons of Heman, Jehiel and Shimei, and from the sons of Jeduthun, Shemaiah and Uziel. They assembled their brothers, consecrated themselves, and went in to cleanse the house of the Lord, according to the commandment of the king, by the words of the Lord. So the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it, and every unclean thing which they found in the temple of the Lord they brought out to the court of the house of the Lord. Then the Levites received it to carry out to the Kidron Valley. Now they began the consecration on the first day of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month they entered the porch of the Lord. Then they consecrated the house of the Lord in eight days, and finished on the sixteenth day 
of the first month. Then they went in to King Hezekiah and said, We have cleansed the whole house of the Lord, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the table of showbread with all its utensils. Moreover, all the utensils which King Ahaz had discarded during his reign in his unfaithfulness, we have prepared and consecrated. And behold, they are before the altar of the Lord. Then King Hezekiah arose early and assembled the princes of the city and went up to the house of the Lord. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom, the sanctuary, and Judah. And he ordered the priests, the son of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they slaughtered the bulls, and the priests took the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. They also slaughtered the rams and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They slaughtered the lambs also and sprinkled the blood on the altar. Then they brought the male goats of the sin offering before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. The priests slaughtered them and purged the altar with their blood to atone for all Israel. For the king ordered the burnt offerings and the sin offerings for all Israel. He then stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with harps, and with lyres, according to the command of David and of Gad, the king's seer, and of Nathan, the prophet. For the command was from the Lord through his prophets. The Levites stood with the musical instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. Then Hezekiah gave the order to offer the burnt offering on the altar. When the burnt offering began, the song to the Lord also began with the trumpets, accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel. While the whole assembly worshipped, the singers also sang and the trumpets sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. Now at the completion of the burnt offerings, the king and all who were present with him bowed down and worshipped. Moreover, King Hezekiah and the officials ordered the Levites to sing praises to the Lord with the words of David and Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with joy and bowed down and worshipped. Then Hezekiah said, Now that we have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the house of the Lord. And the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all those who were willing brought burnt offerings. The number of the burnt offerings which the assembly brought was seventy bulls, one hundred rams, and two hundred lambs. All these were for the burnt offering to the Lord. The consecrated things were six hundred bulls and three thousand sheep. But the priests were too few, so that they were unable to skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore their brothers, the Levites, helped them until the work was completed and until the other priests had consecrated themselves. For the Levites were more conscientious to consecrate themselves than the priests. There were also many burnt offerings with the fat of the peace offerings and with the libations for the burnt offerings. Thus the service of the house of the Lord was established again. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced over what God had prepared for the people, because the thing came about suddenly.
Now Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah, and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh, that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover to the Lord God of Israel. For the king and his princes and all the assembly in Jerusalem had decided to celebrate the Passover in the second month, since they could not celebrate it at that time because the priests had not consecrated themselves in sufficient numbers, nor had the people been gathered to Jerusalem. Thus the thing was right in the sight of the king and all the assembly. So they established a decree to circulate a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan, that they should come to celebrate the Passover to the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem. For they had not celebrated it in great numbers as it was prescribed. The couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with the letters from the hand of the king and his princes, even according to the command of the king, saying, O sons of Israel, return to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may return to those of you who escaped and are left from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers, who were unfaithful to the Lord God of their fathers, so that he made them a horror, as you see. Now do not stiffen your neck like your fathers, but yield to the Lord, and enter his sanctuary which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God, that his burning anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your sons will find compassion before those who led them captive and will return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate and will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. So the couriers passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even as far as Zebulun. But they laughed and scorned and mocked them. Nevertheless, some men of Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. Now many people were gathered at Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the second month, a very large assembly. They arose and removed the altars which were in Jerusalem. They also removed all the incense altars and cast them into the brook Kidron. Then they slaughtered the Passover lambs on the fourteenth of the second month. And the priests and Levites were ashamed of themselves and consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings to the house of the Lord. They stood at their stations after their custom according to the law of Moses, the man of God. And the priests sprinkled the blood which they received from the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. Therefore the Levites were over the slaughter of the Passover lambs for everyone who was unclean, in order to consecrate them to the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many from Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover otherwise than prescribed. For Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, 
May the good Lord pardon everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. So the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. The sons of Israel present in Jerusalem celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with great joy. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day after day with loud instruments to the Lord. Then Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good insight in the things of the Lord. So they ate for the appointed seven days, sacrificing peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord God of their fathers. Then the whole assembly decided to celebrate the feast another seven days. So they celebrated the seven days with joy. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, had contributed to the assembly 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep. And the princes had contributed to the assembly 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. And a large number of priests consecrated themselves. All the assembly of Judah rejoiced with the priests and the Levites and all the assembly that came from Israel, both the sojourners who came from the land of Israel and those living in Judah. So there was great joy in Jerusalem, because there was nothing like this in Jerusalem since the days of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Then the Levitical priests arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came to his holy dwelling place, to heaven. Now when all this was finished, all Israel who were present went out to the cities of Judah, broke the pillars in pieces, cut down the ashram, and pulled down the high places, and the altars throughout all Judah and Benjamin, as well as in Ephraim and Manasseh, until they had destroyed them all. Then all the sons of Israel returned to their cities, each to his possession. And Hezekiah appointed the divisions of the priests and the Levites by their divisions, each according to his service, both the priests and the Levites, for burnt offerings and for peace offerings, to minister and to give thanks and to praise in the gates of the camp of the Lord. He also appointed the king's portion of his goods for the burnt offerings, namely, for the morning and evening burnt offerings, and for the burnt offerings for the Sabbaths and for the new moons and for the fixed festivals, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Also, he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the order spread, the sons of Israel provided in abundance the first fruits of grain, new wine, oil, honey, and all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of all. The sons of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities of Judah also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of sacred gifts which were consecrated to the Lord their God and placed them in heaps. In the third month they began to make the heaps and finished them by the seventh month. When Hezekiah and the rulers came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. 
Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. Azariah, the chief priests of the house of Zadok, said to him, Since the contributions began to be brought into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat with plenty left over. For the Lord has blessed his people, and this great quantity is left over. Then Hezekiah commanded them to prepare rooms in the house of the Lord, and they prepared them. They faithfully brought in the contributions and the tithes and the consecrated things, and Conaniah the Levite was the officer in charge of them, and his brother Shimei was second. Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Asahel, Jeremoth, Josabad, Eliel, Ismachiah, Mahath, and Benaiah were overseers under the authority of Conaniah and Shimei his brother by the appointment of King Hezekiah. And Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Koreh, the son of Imna the Levite, the keeper of the eastern gate, was over the free will offerings of God, to apportion the contributions for the Lord and the most holy things. Under his authority were Eden, Miniamin, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah, in the cities of the priests, to distribute faithfully their portions to their brothers by divisions, whether great or small, without regard to their genealogical enrollment, to the males from thirty years old and upward, everyone who entered the house of the Lord for his daily obligations, for their work and their duties according to their divisions, as well as the priests who were enrolled genealogically according to their father's households and the Levites from twenty years old and upwards, by their duties and their divisions. The genealogical enrollment included all their little children, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, for the whole assembly, for they consecrated themselves faithfully in holiness. Also for the sons of Aaron, the priests who were in the pasture lands of their cities, or in each and every city, there were men who were designated by name to distribute portions to every male among the priests and to everyone genealogically enrolled among the Levites. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good, right, and true before the Lord his God. Every work which he began in the service of the house of God, in law and in commandment, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and he prospered. After these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and besieged the fortified cities, and thought to break into them for himself. Now when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he intended to make war on Jerusalem, he decided with his officers and his warriors to cut the supply of water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. So many people assembled and stopped up all the springs and the stream which flowed through the region, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find abundant water? And he took courage and rebuilt all the wall that had been broken down and erected towers on it, and built another outside wall and strengthened the Milo in the city of David and made weapons and shields in great number. 
he appointed military officers over the people and gathered them to him in the square at the city gate and spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be dismayed because of the king of Assyria, nor because of all the horde that is with him. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. With him is only an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people relied on the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. After this, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, sent his servants to Jerusalem while he was besieging Lachish, with all his forces with him, against Hezekiah, king of Judah, and against all Judah who were at Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria, On what are you trusting that you are remaining in Jerusalem under siege? Is not Hezekiah misleading you to give yourselves over to die by hunger or by thirst, saying, The Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars, and said to Judah and Jerusalem, You shall worship before one altar, and on it you shall burn incense? Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of the lands? Were the gods of the nations of the lands able at all to deliver their land from my hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations, which my fathers utterly destroyed, who could deliver his people out of my hand? that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Now therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you like this, and do not believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? His servants spoke further against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to insult the Lord God of Israel, and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of the lands have not delivered their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. They called this out with a loud voice in the language of Judah to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall, to frighten and terrify them, so that they might take the city. They spoke of the God of Jerusalem as of the gods of the peoples of the earth, the work of men's hands. But King Hezekiah and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, prayed about this and cried out to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed every mighty warrior, commander and officer in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned in shame to his own land. And when he had entered the temple of his God, some of his own children killed him there with the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others, and guided them on every side. And many were bringing gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem, and choice presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations. Thereafter. 
In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill, and he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah gave no return for the benefit he received, because his heart was proud. Therefore, wrath came on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. However, Hezekiah humbled the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come on them in the days of Hezekiah. Now Hezekiah had immense riches and honor, and he made for himself treasuries for silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and all kinds of valuable articles. Storehouses also for the produce of grain, wine, and oil, pens for all kinds of cattle, and sheepfolds for the flocks. He made cities for himself and acquired flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very great wealth. It was Hezekiah who stopped up the upper outlet of the waters of Gihon and directed them to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all that he did. Even in the matter of the envoys of the rulers of Babylon, who sent to him to inquire of the wonder that had happened in the land, God left him alone only to test him, that he might know all that was in his heart. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his deeds of devotion, behold, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the upper section of the tombs of the sons of David. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem honored him at his death. And his son Manasseh became king in his place. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. He also erected altars for the Baals, and made Asherim, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served them. He built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, My name shall be in Jerusalem forever. For he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. He made his sons pass through the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. And he practiced witchcraft, used divination, practiced sorcery, and dealt with mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. Then he put the carved image of the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen from all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will not again remove the foot of Israel from the land which I have appointed for your fathers, if only they will observe to do all that I have commanded them, according to all the law, the statutes, and the ordinances given through Moses. Thus Manasseh misled Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the sons of Israel, 
the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. Therefore the Lord brought the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria against them, and they captured Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze chains, and took him to Babylon. When he was in distress, he entreated the Lord his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. When he prayed to him, he was moved by his entreaty, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Now after this, he built the outer wall of the city of David on the west side of Gihon, in the valley, even to the entrance of the fish gate. And he encircled the Ophel with it and made it very high. Then he put army commanders in all the fortified cities of Judah. He also removed the foreign gods and the idol from the house of the Lord, as well as all the altars which he had built on the mountain of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem, and he threw them outside the city. He set up the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings and thank offerings on it, and he ordered Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people still sacrificed in the high places, although only to the Lord their God. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, even his prayer to his God, and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, behold, they are among the records of the kings of Israel. His prayer also, and how God was entreated by him, and all his sin, his unfaithfulness, and the sites on which he built high places, and erected the ashram, and the carved images, before he humbled himself, behold, they are written in the records of the Hosei. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house. And Ammon, his son, became king in his place. Ammon was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as Manasseh his father had done, and Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images which his father Manasseh had made, and he served them. Moreover, he did not humble himself before the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done, but Ammon multiplied guilt. Finally, his servants conspired against him and put him to death in his own house. But the people of the land killed all the conspirators against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah, his son, king in his place. So we came back to the portion of the Bible where we're going through Hezekiah. And again, this whole section was very new to us. It mentioned the stuff that we had read in the Kings, but the stuff in the Chronicles is a huge expansion, as well as talking about stuff we didn't know about before. And we just see how good of a king Hezekiah was for most of the time. You just see, as soon as he became king, he wanted to set things right. He, it was time to clean house, so to speak. And so you see him going about it in the prescribed fashion. So 
Obviously, he had a copy of the word of the Lord. He had a copy of the law, and he was going by what was in the law. So, first off, let's make sure that you consecrate yourselves, Levites. First of all, you need to be a Levite, and you need to consecrate yourself. And then you need to purge all the evil from this temple. And it's no wonder that this nation is in turmoil, because our ancestors have forsaken the Lord. And therefore, this is the payment that we are still suffering with as a result of their actions. But we are in control of this generation, and we need to make a decision. And we need to make sure that our heart is with the Lord. Like he says in verse 10, Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that his burning anger may turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now. For the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to minister to him. So not only were they chosen because they were Levites, but also Hezekiah is also saying in some way, the time is now. No more negligence. Take this very seriously. And I hope we can take that application away as well, because what we're doing here right now, studying the Word of God, is not just a show. It's not just something that is nice to do in the morning. Brothers and sisters, do not be negligent in this act. This is life, and this is where we learn and learn to appreciate the Lord God. Do not take this lightly, please. The Word of God is not something to be trifled with or to be underestimated. So then you see they're restoring the house of the Lord, and then they put together a huge Passover. So big that they hadn't seen it like this since the time of Solomon, which at this point was a couple hundred years at least from then. So it has been quite some time, and nothing like this had been done since then. It's such a magnitude. So they are merry and gathering as many people as they could from Israel and Judah in order to have the biggest Passover they could have. And at first you see some people laugh at them. But the ones who took it seriously humbled themselves and they came. And they had such a big Passover and they felt so guilty for everything that they had done up until this point that they did the Passover for a whole nother week to celebrate and rededicate the temple. So that is true devotion to the Lord. And I love this part here that, first of all, it says that there were some people who had not properly consecrated themselves for this event, as it was written in the law. And most likely, I mean, we don't know for sure, but it you get the idea from reading this that it was out of ignorance, right? It just had not been done in so long, so there's some people that didn't even know what to do. And you see Hezekiah pray for them. He prayed for them. He said, May the good Lord pardon everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though not according to the purification rules of the assembly. So he's like, Lord God, I know how you are. I know your law is spiritual. And I know it's not about the letter of the law. You know that these people's hearts are for you. Will you please overlook 
the legality of these things and and just enjoy their devotion to you. And the Lord listened. It says Hezekiah was heard and God healed the people, made them consecrated. How good is that? We know that, and that's where a lot of the Pharisees got this wrong, and yet these applications have been in the Old Testament this whole time. No doubt, the Pharisees of Jesus' day knew about this story, but yet they did not see the truth beyond it. That's why it's very hard to have ritual and tradition, because if it overrules the heart of the matters, the scripture, that God looks at the heart and not at the tradition, then we can go into idolatry, and that's not where God wants us to be. So steer clear of that. And then you see that the Levitical priests arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came to heaven, because there was no more any sin among them. It had all been forgiven. And they were doing it the right way, and God was very pleased with what he saw. Amen and amen. And as we saw in chapter 31, there was apparently so much given to the temple, they could not possibly eat everything. So they ended up giving it away to as many people as they could. Then we come to chapter 32, and we see this story again, where Assyria is wanting to attack Jerusalem, and we know the story where the angel destroyed 185,000 of them, I believe it was. But you see why God responded in such a way, because not only did we see in the kings that Hezekiah got that letter and placed it out, spread it out before the Lord, say, look, Lord, look what he's saying about you. Defend your own name and defend your people who believe in you. Because you just see that Sennacherib is asking for it. He mocked and threatened and challenged God. And he was humbled. Like it says that the Lord destroyed every mighty warrior of Assyria, and he returned in shame. And then he was killed. And that's all that will happen to us anytime we're in the presence of God. He will put us to shame because we are sinners, and we are not perfect in his sight. So I encourage you to seek the Lord while he may be found, but at the same time, understand that your uncleanness will be addressed, and it needs to be addressed. We don't need to hold on to any filth. And then you see what we talked about last time, the second half of 32, where he became ill, and it was healed from him, but he was proud, and therefore he was going to be punished for it. And then Hezekiah humbled himself, and that's very good. But the punishment was still going to come, and that was through Manasseh. So we don't know why Manasseh was allowed to come into the, the picture. Well, here's why, because of what Hezekiah had done. And now Manasseh gave 55 years of reign in the kingdom, and he was the worst king they ever had. And it, even so bad, like it says in chapter 33, verse 9, that he misled Judah worse than the Canaanites did. That's how foul he was. We, and we know how God felt about those Canaanites, right? We saw that. They needed to be wiped out. 
And Manasseh was worse than them? It's amazing that God didn't wipe him out. And the Lord tried to get through to Manasseh, but he didn't listen. And isn't that so often that we quench the Holy Spirit? Right? We quench the Holy Spirit. We tune him out when we know we're sinning and we're okay with it. We cannot be like Manasseh in this way. But this is something that's very interesting. It says that while he was in distress, he humbled himself greatly. And it says that when he prayed to God, God was moved by his entreaty. And he forgave him just like that. So you, you'd see like, God, that's not fair. He was a vile man. So hang on. We can't be thinking that way. Why? Because you are no different than Manasseh. You are committing murder all the time when you were in the flesh. You're committing murder. You are sinning constantly. Your very existence is foul to the Lord because you are sinning. You have a sin nature. And that's all we know. We only know what's in our nature, right? So we're constantly sinning. Manasseh did some nasty things, yes. But we are no different before we're saved. So be careful not to judge because we're no better than him. Sin is sin. And God sees sin the same way. That's why we're all from birth judged into damnation. If God doesn't step in, because that is what the consequence of sin is. The wages of sin is death. That's why we need eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? But you see that it's you're never so, and this is the lesson to get out of this, is, and we didn't see this the first time, right? We didn't see any redeeming qualities in Manasseh. But here we see something very precious that we need to know. When we offer salvation, at least in my church, when we offer salvation and when we present the gospel and we say that your sins are forgiven no matter how dark or how dirty you are, this is clear evidence of that. He was the worst king they had ever had. He was worse than Canaanites. And yet he humbled himself, he submitted to the Lord, and the Lord restored him. The Lord listened and was moved by him, and God heard him. God doesn't hear sinners, okay? He doesn't hear sinners, but he does hear those that he has chosen for himself. Very interesting, right? Manasseh was regenerated by God, just like the same way that we are pulled, being pulled out of our natural state when he gives us salvation, Manasseh got saved, even though he was the worst king ever. And God listened to him, and he forgave him for all of that. Are there still going to be consequences? Yes. But you see that Manasseh had to happen for Josiah to come into the picture, right? Because Josiah is the grandson of Manasseh. It's hard to tell, but... It looks like he was about six years old when Manasseh died, because if you take the two years that King Ammon had, had reigned, and then you take off the fact that Josiah was eight when he took over the throne, that means he was six years old, which means that Manasseh died when Josiah was six. And so hopefully Josiah got to see some of the good stuff that Manasseh had done. 
I don't know. It doesn't really say. We don't know how much time Manasseh was king after he humbled himself to the Lord and served him until the end of his days, it looks like. We don't know. But hopefully it was enough time for Josiah to see that something could be done. And that's part of what made him a good king. We don't know. But ultimately, in this whole thing, God's will was done. Now, to be clear, there is something circulating called the Prayer of Manasseh that is claiming to be the actual prayer that Manasseh gave. Let me tell you right now, if you see that, it is false. And if you actually were to spend the time to read it, it doesn't match up with the Bible at all. It is total garbage. So if you say, oh yeah, I found the prayer of Manasseh. This is what he actually said. It's written in a particular place, like it says, right? They're in the records of the kings and in the records of the Hosei, which I'm not right, quite sure what the Hosei is. Whatever you're seeing circulated in mainstream media as the prayer of Manasseh, that is false. It's apocrypha. It's not real. It's false. So be very careful with that. Now, going back into the good king, King Josiah, and he's going to have a couple of chapters for him. And tomorrow, we are going to finish the book of Second Chronicles, and then we're going to go into the book of Ezra. So, we're almost getting to the Psalms. Can you believe that? I, it's hard for me to imagine. We've been doing this since June, if you've been starting with us from the beginning. And we're already getting to almost what I would consider almost the halfway point of the book. So very exciting. I'm looking forward to it very much. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.